This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. This is Abhinandan Sekri back to host the hafta. I will start off by my favorite line when the public pays the public is served when advertisers pay advertisers served support independent media subscribe to newslaundry.com if you don't like us subscribe to any other news organization of your choice but until you pay you ain't get a news that serves you so i am back to discipline the hafta because i got an email saying that last hafta everyone was talking over each other is that right i haven't heard it Kartik, well, we talked uh, about you and we said that we're going to do it so well that uski naukri khatre mein hoegi. Clearly that didn't happen. So, <laughs> so this hafta is produced by Karthik and recorded by Anil. Today on the panel, we have our editor-in-chief, the one and only Madhu Trehan. Hello. Anand Vardhan, Sabke Dil Ki Dharkan, Chahiton Ke Chahite, Sabke Intellectual Favorite Poster Boy, Anand, Hamare Apne. yet but i shall introduce his detailed intro when he comes now before we get into the headlines i have a very important announcement regarding the media rumble i have been harping on it for the longest time but i want to give you some very good reasons to come for the media rumble which is happening on the 2nd and 3rd of august at the india habitat center two days of workshops panel discussions presentations conversations you can come up to us and give us your input you can ask the guests because it's going to be a live interaction Vish screening the following films Rosewater which is based on this he's Iranian right a journalist it's a fantastic i mean a must watch for anyone who watches news and is a journalist then uh, Maziar Bahari and it'll be followed by a conversation with him so the man on whom the film has been made he's going to be there coming all the way from he's not in Iran anymore i think he's emigrated but he's Iranian the Clinton affair which showed how the media did the whole clinton coverage it is a black spot on the media and i might say liberal media because for all the liberalism the way they covered it was very very retrograde then we are screening the phenomenal film it's on netflix called nobody speak and it'll be followed by madhu having a conversation with brian knappenberger that's right we are getting him all the way to india and he will be talking about that film that film spoke about how this billionaire shut down gawker after they ran the story of of hulk hogan and his sex tapes and it also gives an example of another newspaper madhu where is where is the casinos and all in in vegas that's which which is state texas is that nevada nevada okay sorry or is it la whatever basically the, the newspaper that covered the entire lobby of of um, these gambling what are they called casinos so the director of that film is going to be here and the conversation between him and madhu is going to be worth more than a ticket but you just need to spend as much as you need as you spend to buy a ticket to watch a film but you get a full day of film screenings you get some free uh, beverages and you get to 
meet and interact with so many news professionals from around the world. So be there at the media rumble, and of course there's Gulzar, there's Swarabhaskar, there is Shekhar Gupta, there is going to be Jaggi Jagannath from Swaraj, and then there is the uh, the CEO of Swaraj is going to be there. Uh, Prasanna is going to be there. So yeah, do come for the media rumble. Go to themediarumble.com and register now. These are the big headlines. I will do one set of headlines before, then we can discuss this in another set of headlines later. The budget was presented. When Vivek call comes, we shall talk about the budget because he is someone who writes on the budget and economic issues. Then there were the defections in Goa, where ten Congress MLAs out of a total of fifteen. How many? Pandrak may say dust nikal gaya na. So fifteen. That means yeah, have, have joined the BJP. It's a merger. It's not a. <laughs> it's not even a defection. It's a merger. No, no. That is how it happens now. Achha. Uh, if uh, just to avoid the uh, disqualification, mm. so they go for the merger. Earlier, uh, the close was one third. One th- if if the one third of them right uh, join, uh, you know the other party, so it will be it, they will not be liable for disqualification. But after I think some amendment has they removed it because every. Party, you know, one third of them used to move to the, uh, so the other party. So th- you have to merge. So two thirds, uh, so they uh, merged there. Meanwhile, Karnataka also, there was major drama. The MLAs from Karnataka who have resigned and they haven't merged. They just resigned, bringing down the number, mm-hmm. effective strength of the Vidhan Sabha. And they were in Bombay at Hotel Renaissance. How do you pronounce that word, Madhu? That's correct. Renaissance is Renaissance. correct. Okay. So I'm right for a change. And the Congress leader, D.K. Shiv Kumar, was standing outside in the rain, wanting to talk to them. In fact, today's song is dedicated to him and his his brood. So that was quite comic and tragic at the same time. Then there was a Delhi government installing CCTVs in classrooms, and that has led to some mixed reactions. And I'm very curious to know the panel's reactions. For those of you not in the know, the Delhi government has installed CCTV cameras in uh, government schools and classrooms. And uh, so, teach, so parents can monitor what their kids are doing, are they in class or not. And many people are saying this is a real breach of privacy. From a very young age, we are teaching kids it's okay to be watched. So when they grow up to be citizens, they will not mind any kind of surveillance. So I'd like to know what... Then there were the usual cases from all over the country of people being forced to chant, Gaumata ki jai. There were 24 people who were cl- uh, transporting cattle in Maharashtra, near in Khandwa district, in Madhya Pradesh also it happened. And then three men were thrashed and forced to chant Jai Shri Ram. This time it was in Assam's Barapit district, Barapeta district. So, and then on the other hand, there is a video that ANI has put out today. I'm not sure where it's from. Let, some let, madrasa. No, some RSS, you know, lawn. They were, you know, some kids were doing some RSS marching and some Muslim kids came and started thrashing them. Our parents came and started thrashing them. So, well, such is life. We shall talk about whether life should be such. And uh, we will get on to another set of headlines later. But i just like to kick off by, we have been knocked out of cricket. So, we can get on with the rest of Hafta. No, it's a huge subject. It's but, a huge subject. So, uh, so, he says with a naughty grin. It's so, <laughs> huge subject. So, but, uh, so let me just... Uh, Limit myself to India being knocked out. I think it was... No, no, please. If you have more to say, no. say. I think it was a bubble waiting to be burst. So, uh, because uh, you see in the later part of the tournament, uh, the there was an expectation that the pitches would not be very high scoring. And on seeming and swimming tra- uh, swinging tracks, India 
if they found themselves on such a day cloud cover they were going to a struggle and uh, they struggled may i ask you something yes does the cloud cover impact how the ball behaves or yes. just moved down or the stress got any other no no it behaves the physics of swing bowling it affects the physics of swing, the swing bowlers may get more swing i see so uh, and the indian middle order being brittle and, uh, even changing a small total at 239 they struggled and it was waiting to happen and it just happened on a very critical stage of the tournament and they were knocked out so it was uh, uh, not a um, very rude jolt to, to, to people who knew the weaknesses in indian lineup but uh, yes it happened at a time when it was very critical for india to go on so that's country was heartbroken madhu how about you i was in despair hmm couldn't bear to watch it it was just so painful so painful but it's the positive so side is that there was a positive side also yeah, no but it, like see it's not just one match it's the world cup mm. it means another four years all the players will also change then everything changes plus i'll be so old i don't even have to watch it it's it's just yeah that also calm down it's just heartbreak <laughs> it was heartbreaking my grandchildren and i were like in a dreadful state mm. but uh, uh, the positive side is that two new contenders for the World Cup are in the final. They have never won the World England Cup. Oh, yeah, England has been thrice in the final, but never won it. Mm. And so it would be uh, anyway. It will see a new champion. So that's and uh, I think uh, for the global uh, spread of the game, uh, I think it is critical that uh, cricket. remains popular in england and uh, because in england it is seen as an elite sport of uh, say uh, the well and the proper british sport or the high stiff upper lip or high blow whereas football is, is yeah. uh, although i don't know democratic. i think uh, britain ka zara bad luck kharab chal raha hai world cup maybe bring it home wo slogan laga tha they got knocked out in what stage semis they got knocked out right but yeah. they played brilliantly yesterday in football ha huh? yeah football, they got knocked out in the semis i think they hmm. were all set to yes. bring it home but yeah, yeah. unka yes, yes. i doubt it i think new zealand le jayega yeah. have you seen this रमन सर सॉरी आपका कुछ विचार व्यक्त करने आपको आई जस्ट फेल्ट बैड बट इट्स फाइन आई मीन मींस एज ही सेड कि आई मीन दिस इज एक्सपेक्टेड फ्रॉम द इंडियन टीम दे डिड सो वेल थ्रू आउट द लीग आई थिंक वन ऑल द मैचेस एंड वन दे लॉस्ट अगेंस्ट इंग्लैंड वन दे लॉस्ट आई एम नॉट मच ऑफ अ क्रिकेट वॉचर बट आई थोड़ा बहुत देख लिया था मैंने वर्ल्ड कप चल रहा आई फेल्ट वेरी बैड प्योरली बिकॉज़ आई रियली लाइक धोनी Uh-huh. I'm a big Dhoni fan, although I'm not a cricket fan. No, I, felt I felt bad at India lost. I felt very bad. Dhoni, I, I would have liked him to, at you know, before he walks off into the sunset, to rescue our team and come back with the World Cup. I really like him, but it was not to be. Tough luck. Hanji, Anand, what can I say? Now we can move to life. We can move no, to life. One thing, <laughs> one thing I wanted to add was the in the news was the U.S. Uh, soccer team. Yeah, one, and their behavior, which really, really irritated the Brits like hell, and especially when they won, where they hold this pretend tea cup with a yeah. little finger up, that you go drinking your tea. Well, where that? Yeah. But I, I but think the captain a, spoke against Trump also, no? Yeah. She ah. she said, "I'll never go to the White House." Yeah. And then she gave a really nice speech about, right. you know, we've got to make change, we've got to do this, we've got to do that, and include everybody, whether you're black, white, in between, hmm. male, female, in between. And I thought it was a pretty good speech, but 
before that she'd been pretty brash i mean pretty i think brash. her use of the word asshole was the one that actually yeah caused. but she was her behavior physically mm-hmm. before that also was pretty brash and off putting for anyone in case we uh, you wondering who we talking about we talking about rapino i think that's how pronounced her name yeah. she's the captain of the US women's football team she has purple hair and she Very is good looking lesbian well toned body so megan repino uh, but the thing is that uh, you know i had to think recommended the podcast few days a few weeks ago that where the which it was an npr podcast where the numbers were there that the women's world cup is watched more mm-hmm. in america than the men's world cup football so that's why their demand for a higher salary or at least as much as men is completely mm. justified and i think what makes a sport is superstars like her while i agree with you she's very brash but it's that's one of the reasons why she's so attractive to so many people and because she's such a star like uh, you know i i have a in america that's normal huh that's mm. not brash mm. that's normal mm. it when she's doing it in england it look very brash because they are so stiff up a lip and this and no, that no but i think pu- while publicly speaking even in the us i remember alan iverson when he had just burst upon the nba stage in basketball uh, his career was cut short because that time i mean now tattoos are very normal that time you know you, you didn't have so many tattoos on your arms he was brash the way he spoke he was disrespectful to michael jordan being you know a young rookie so that that was responsible for him you know getting you know, brash started aside. actually in my memory was with mohammad ali oh yeah he and was over the top yeah, he was he was wonderful he always gave something you know uh, when i switched the light off I hit mm. my bed before it turns dark. Yeah. So and and just of course he used to go borderline when he called Foreman a, 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 a chimpanzee or something. I think he was he used to go too far. In fact, I saw a fantastic documentary it happened where George Foreman became world heavyweight champion at the age of 45. I highly recommend it by the way. But and one thing I I do want to thank Meghnath because he'd recommended a a podcast on NPR. I listened to what he had told me and in the list there was also one really wonderful podcast on who stole einstein's brain and it's a true story the brain was stolen are you serious yes by the pathologist against the family's wishes so i suggest listen to it it's a great story i told my mm. kids about it my grandchildren they were enthralled tell you always get something enthralling on the hafta so let's start off sir raman sir from your side and then we shall go from left to right uh, what is happening in goa and what is happening in karnataka context in karnataka the congress uh, jdu alliance has a wafer thin majority and ajay kumar swami who is from the jds uh, is now the chief minister he seems very desperate to hang on to the i mean even he doesn't make a good show of he doesn't even pretend that he doesn't want it want to hang on but anyway the bjp has engineered through chanakya niti which i'm sure has a lot to do with bapu gandhi even though it's just his picture on the notes that may or may not be exchanged uh, there are being defections because of congress is just collapsing now does this show a weakness in leadership sir for one that had they had a solid leader i mean it's like collapsing everywhere matlab kuch to apni sharam rakho yaar you know and secondly after rahul jyotiraditya sindhya resigned and then milindyar resigned and i just thought they should have time they should have just timed it better sachin hasn't resigned he's the deputy chief no he's he wouldn't have a this i just thought that it was um, they should have timed it such that it doesn't the three photographs you see are all three sons of former leaders so it kind of doesn't make the congress look very good 
but another dentist uh, another all three dentists the water you think it the makes person. them look better anyway that's the funny part so uh, yeah. the best story was amethi mein this guy rahul gandhi indian express did a lovely story editorial on that op, uh, yeah editorial on he hit 10 million viewers rahul gandhi on twitter hit 10 million viewers on Followers. twitter hmm. so he said i'm going to celebrate in amethi so the editorial was that what exposes his disconnect bigger than Then he goes to amethi to celebrate twitter when none of those people <laughs> would probably yeah would even care to follow him on twitter right or be on twitter in the first place it's a disconnect yeah it completely is so uh, what does it say about the party and b what does it say about our democracy it's, is is it a bit of a sham no see the party so far as the party is concerned there is a churning uh, happening in the congress I think since 2014 it is on the downslide. Uh, it is uh, there is a decay. The decay has set in, uh, and after Rahul Gandhi putting in his paper, there is no leadership right now. I mean everybody is striving to. पहले भी केडी चर्चिल वाली सी. हाँ, पहले भी नहीं था, but still symbolically uh, Gandhi fam, somebody from the Gandhi family. So now, now when uh, he resigned, so I think this uh, the pol- everything uh, is set loose, and uh, politicians are just are trying to think, uh, you know, about themselves. But what do you think none is the them, incentive? None of them, none of them, none of them wants election. None of them wants election. Yeah. So they are grouping together, and they are trying to find out how to avoid defection law. Hmm. that is the biggest defeat so of the law i mean that also shows that you cannot codify human behavior so so you they'll find a way around uh, they'll it. find a way around so those of you just wondering while in goa two thirds of the party has merged so their remaining mlas and joining the other party is legitimate in karnataka they cannot just flip because they are you know about a, just about 100 legislators so like 10 of them can't form a, a group and defect so they resign as mlas which brings down the total strength of the vidhan sabha therefore the total amount of people required bjp has because their people haven't resigned there so that's a, how they're doing it there was a merger i think in telangana also na 12 yes yes trs ke jo the che che log shayad nikal gaye the 12 12 acha 12 does this happen anywhere else in the world no i don't really i think it must be happening in some banana republics during the days when banana was the primary export of south america i, I don't s- think in the 2019 it's happening anywhere except india see see uh, when the defection law had come in Narsimha Rao has been convicted. Uh, you know that GMM uh, mm. famous uh, case. Mm. Now, this now I think it's so brazen, so brazenly they are uh, you know playing with the defection. But law. sir, even the anti-defection even that time was so brazen because he did not get convicted. No, he, it was a, the court did. Yeah, but he w- did not go to the jail. No, but I remember what they had said is because the defections happened on the floor of the house and that is outside the jurisdiction of the Supreme Court. the money may have been exchanged outside the house therefore those guys had to serve a sentence but the defection happened in parliament and parliament is outside supreme court's jurisdiction because i remember i was blown away by the logic of that mm-hmm. they said so maine paisa liya wo maine parliament ke bahar liya so i can be tried for that lekin jo defection hua wo andar hua no, so the defection was i mean it held it was not like nullified mm-hmm. they could not nullify the defection because mm-hmm. that happened on the floor of the house aisa kuch ek tha somehow i think that pv narsimha rao was 
convicted. Uh, he was convicted to the court. Uh, 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 no, I, I think he I, was convicted. I, I, I don't remember. But I think he was convicted too, but he didn't go to the jail. Yeah, but I think the defections were upheld. Anyway, Anand, what No, you see, we uh, have uh, some kind of, in recent two decades, an amnesia about this uh, defection thing, because it has actually declined in last two decades, The because uh, strong governments have been voted in to... In fact, Ayaram, Gayaram yeah. terminologies from so, the 70s. So, uh, strong governments have been voted uh, to power at in uh, states also so there have been less scenarios but in 90s it was a very regular mm. feature and even in the first decade of the current century so ayaram uh, gayaram 1985 the anti defection law came under rajiv gandhi ayaram mm. gayaram was a bit earlier in fact he was it it was a name of an actual mla yes. gayaram in fact someone's written a piece on this on yes. news laundry only it was so uh, that i think two things are here important that uh, when whenever it has been seen that the leader is from the uh, from the lesser of the two parties in the coalition that is for mm. example here jds and not the congress or for example say mayawati in bjp bs bsp coalition or a- anywhere else also so if the leader is from the smaller party then the terms of reciprocity are are very suspect because uh, there is always this suspicion that the larger party would pull the rug any time mm-hmm. uh, so uh, except one i think when this uh, pdp and congress did an alliance in jammu and kashmir and gulam nabi azad and mufti uh, mehbooba mufti served their terms 33 3 years or so two years two three two years or something so apart from that we have not seen the success of this formula anymore we may still see because the government has not collapsed hmm. but uh, it may still run but uh, the seeds of suspicion are uh, means uh, sown very deep here in this kind of alliance so it will not be a comfortable m- m- sitting yes, together m- of the when two when the smaller party leader is the chief minister so those so of you who are wondering what you know anand is talking about that they still may survive basically the chief minister refused to resign and the speaker refused to accept the resignations of the mlas who have resigned so until he accepts those resignations the strength of the house does not come down so the bjp went to the supreme court saying wo to they are not going by if he resigned they are not even accepting a resignation the supreme court has asked the speaker to Decide. at least meet those guys and now suddenly mr kumaraswamy is very confident that he'll win the trust vote i don't know what he has up his sleeve but this is what's happening anyway madhu your views on what is it madhu has no view on this okay i just had one uh, you're right about the frequency i guess is was a lot more earlier of course we didn't have media so each of it wasn't covered this whole iram gayram was named after a real person who i think defected how many times within a year and at that time there was no law that you know a minimum of two thirds of your party has to go or one third of the party has to go but i think what is unfortunate is that earlier whoever was engineering this there was a certain amount of disrespect or kind of ridicule directed at that person now it's okay now it's called chanakya niti 
Now it's called brilliance of a party. I think that entire value thing has changed. You know, I just like to talk about this at some point today. Those of you who were listening, I was in Rwanda last week and I visited the the genocide memorial. And uh, I mean, I'd really like to share some views on that and and some very stark similarities to what I see as far as the media is concerned. And I don't think it's something to be scoffed at because everything doesn't start at 100 kilometers per hour. You get there. You start at 20 kilometers per hour. And what they have, you know, kind of got there on books and the kind of stuff that happened. We are there. We are not at 100 yet, but we are at 20. Now, if you're not careful, we can get to 100. And I say this because there is an acceptance of certain behavior, which is... I'm not saying that behavior never existed earlier, but it was never considered okay. I think that's that's a big difference, but I'll talk about that later. Uh, we have Vivek call joining us. We will just dial him in. So we finally have Vivek joining us on the phone line from Bombay. I believe you're late, Vivek, because there was a phone, there was a phone alarm, hold on. There was a fire alarm in your building? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you had to... I mean, there's some confusion, actually. I guess some kid was playing around and something happened, so... So did you go and slap him? I mean... <laughs> no. Your guilty laugh is making me worried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. would have slapped him. So, I would not. I would have said, "Beta, or baja." Chal, thodi varjish karate. Is is bude colony ki upper niche chale. So I remember, of course, I had some neighbor. Koi baat nahi sote raha. Maine ke toh saath mein marenge. I was like, "Wow, lovely to have a neighbor like you." But, <laughs> but but I'll just introduce Vivek to our audience. Vivek has worked in senior position newspapers, DNA and Economic Times. He's a journalist and author. He writes for News Laundry regularly and in the Times of India, Hindu, Mint, Business, Standard, Equity, Master, First Post, basically anywhere where there is commentary on the economic policy and stuff like the budget, you will find Vivek's pieces appearing. He has written Easy Money Trilogy. These are three books. And India's big government, The Intrusive State and How It Is Hurting Us. Welcome, Vivek. Uh, thanks, Abhinav. So, we were just in the middle of the conversation of what's happening in Goa and Karnataka. We'll wind up and, and come to the budget where we would sure, sure. like your inputs. So, sure. I was just uh, talking about, uh, you know, this, what happened in Karnataka. The, this, I, I found it fascinating when he was standing outside that hotel in Bombay, that uh, HD, well, no, HD, what's his name? Sivakumar, DK yeah. Sivakumar. And the police wasn't letting him in. He says, I have a room booked. But then the hotel said, you can't come in because they are scared of you. And then the anchor was giving commentary that Mr. Sivakumar's, you know, anyone in Karnataka will tell you he's a very sweet and decent man. But anyone who crosses him is always wary of him. He's supposed to be a very bad enemy to have. So I just thought that the it, it was a commentary on the compelling nature of live TV. You have this major leader standing outside a hotel, police there, not letting him in, some slogan shouting happening, rain falling, and cameras. Now you have to go with that visual. And that is when I realized that is where anchoring is hard. Now that is the visual because it's compelling. Kabhi wo phone pe baat kar rahe, kabhi police se baat kar rahe, kabhi police bol rahe, andar mat jao. Lekin aapko kuch na kuch to bolna hai. You can't just say, now let's watch this video. You know, just like cricket, like most of cricket commentary is bullshit, yeah. But he said, oh, that's a lovely delivery, I'm sure, so it's I mean, same thing again and again. So I think cricket commentary and commentary when something dramatic is playing out in a political life situation is very similar. And as an experiment, one day, Harsha Bhogle and Sanjay Marekar and Javed Miyadaj should present live commentary of politics. And our 
you know, uh, yeah, Sardes Eyes and Shiva Roos and Rahul Kamals and Barkha Dutt should do cricket. You will not realize that anything has changed. It'll be the same. Sorry, that's my two bit. So Vivek, mm. tell us about the budget. Our audience is very keen to hear. But before you do that, I would like to plug the Media Rumble once again. It's coming on the second and third of August. Other than all the other people who I said would be appearing, uh, we also have uh, many film screenings. So do come join us. It's the MediaRumble.com. Register, and yeah, do attend. It's on the second and third of August. Hanji, so what did you think of the budget? Was it a vision statement or was it a budget? I think uh, you know, as I mean, I, I tweeted immediately after the budget that you know this was much ado about nothing. Hmm. You know the Shakespeare play. Right. So uh, yeah, so and I mean, and one week later, I guess uh, I would uh, you know I haven't changed uh, uh, my thinking one bit. And uh, Wait, know, even Amit for a vision statement, even even for a vision statement, I mean. Uh, I mean, it's fine having a vision. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, even for a vision statement, she had two hours, you know, more than two hours to justify that vision. So this led, you know, this sort of read more like a laundry list. Hmm. Or you know, it basically reminded me of when in you know when when I grew up in Rachi and you know back then uh, you know there was no home delivery. So every month, my mother used to make a ration list. You know, he. ये सर्फ लाना है फिर एक यू नो चार साबुन यू नो एक शैम्पू पांच किलो चावल सो दिस वाज लाइक यू नो मोर अलोंग डोज लाइंस एंड दिस इज यू नो इट इट वाज क्वाइट आई मीन इट वाज क्वाइट सैड गिवन द फैक्ट दैट दिस वाज द फर्स्ट बजट ऑफ अ न्यू फाइव ईयर टर्म राइट एंड इट कुड हैव बीन वेल यूटिलाइज्ड as far as uh, it being a budget uh, you know the, um, I, i mean even in the speech uh, you know there was no there were no numbers uh, no talking about revenues no talking about expenditure uh, she didn't even bother to mention the fiscal deficit in fact when she ended someone from the opposition camp shouted and then she sort of shared the fiscal deficit number hmm. so i don't know i mean uh, what uh, you know what they were trying to achieve so so what is this uh, i think you wrote a piece on the uh, the missing um, what yeah. revenue figures w- what is that about could you explain that a little bit sure 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 so basically see uh, what 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 happened was that uh, when 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 arun jetli presented uh, the 2018 19 budget in february last year hmm uh, the government expected to earn you know a certain amount of money so you know which which basically is referred to in technical terms as revenue receipts okay hmm. then when the interim budget came or uh, uh, piyush goel presented the budget and the revenue receipts number was very very similar hmm. so when uh, when arun jetli presented that estimate was uh, is referred to as the budget estimate one year later when uh, Uh, Mr Goel presented that estimate is refer- referred to as uh, the revised estimate theek hai matlab jo okay. humne plan kiya tha as opposed to jo finally hua no wo bhi final nahi hota hai so why so i was coming to that hmm. now every month the controller general of accounts essentially uh, presents uh, rather publishes uh, the, uh, the 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 expenditure and the revenues of the government Hmm. So as of May 31st uh, 2019 the the controller general of accounts presented the uh, the uh, the numbers for 2018 19 
And as per that estimate, which is known as a provisional estimate, the revenue receipts of the government were not 17.3 trillion rupees, as was assumed both in the uh, both when um, you know Jaitley presented the budget and when uh, Goel presented the interim budget. Hmm. But the actual re- the the provisional revenue receipts uh, were around 15.6 trillion rupees. Okay, hmm. so there was a difference of 1.7 trillion rupees. Now, uh, you know, good accounting would basically demand that you use the latest set of set of numbers and hmm. not an older number. Hmm. So, if you look at the survey, so the economic survey has, uh, you know, use uh, has has the revenue risk, the 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 budget uh, estimate, the revised estimate, and as well as the provisional estimate. The budget, on the other hand, went with the revised estimate. So, technique. So, basically, there was a. The difference between the two, uh, between the budget and the economic survey numbers, was 1.7 trillion rupees. I now, see. what it does is why this is problematic is is because uh, the, if you calculate uh, the 2019-20 revenue receipts, uh, you know, uh, the growth in 2019-20 revenue receipts as per the budget, the growth uh, required is around 13%, which is quite doable. Hmm. Whereas if you if you use the actual provisional rest- estimate, the growth required is close to 26%, <laughs> which is not doable. So, right. uh, so the basic point is that... So, I so, think so they're, basically, so, they're sweetening the picture by taking... No, but see, uh, yeah, I mean, you can say that, but, you know, so I went back, so which was my first thought. But then I went back and checked the 2014 budget and the 2009 budget, when mm. you know, the, which were the last two budgets when interim budgets were presented. Mm. And in both the, uh, you know, the 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 they had not used the provisional estimate, whereas they had used the revised estimate. So it's it's a it's a con, it's a convention which has gone on, but the problem is that the, this time the gap between the two was huge, which wasn't the case the last two times. Right. So again, you know, good accounting would have basically demanded that they, they should have used the latest numbers. I but see. I don't think this was done knowingly or, I mean, you know, people are looking at it, uh, you know, I mean, there are too many conspiracy theories around it. Yeah. I don't really buy that. So, so uh, the, I had one question. I was actually not in, I was in, in Rwanda when this budget was presented and I quickly got a couple of calls about, they have, you know, some new regulation for FDI. The finance minister said that there's 49% FDI will be allowed in broadcast. And mm. 100% in entertainment. But that was... So I said that that was the case earlier also. They said, no, no, right. she's just announced it. I was like, and she's announcing what already exists. So I was amazed. How was stuff announced, which was not new? That that was a regulation earlier. And it was presented I, as something new and people bought it? And people said, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, so nice. Basically, you know, there was... A, I mean, which is what I said. You know, it was a long laundry list wherein a lot of stuff has already been happening. So it's just that you know, I mean, it it made made it into her speech. Uh, so you know, if if you go to uh, you know if you go to previous budget speeches also of uh, you know uh, in in the last five years, you will realize that stuff which is already ha- happening is also being announced. So. Oh, okay. So well. So uh, any other views on the budget? Does does anyone? I saw a worrying figure that India is number three on capital flight from its country. I think oh. number one is Russia and number two, I forget is who. But number three is the maximum amount of high net worth individuals flying out of here. Yeah, and- I mean, I, I, that's not surprising. You know, when you, so it's 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 simple actually, you know, if you tax people at a high rate, hmm. 
I mean, they're bound to sort of move to other uh, countries where the rate of taxes are uh, are lower. I mean, so if if you now earn, uh, if your taxable income is now more than five crore, hmm. uh, the marginal rate of tax that you pay is forty two point seven four percent. If your tax rate is more than, if you earn more than two crore, the marginal rate is thirty nine percent. Now, I mean, if you look at the numbers. Uh, so i mean these are numbers for assessment year 1718 which is uh, financial year 6 as far as the gross total income of you know uh, is concerned there are only 81344 individuals who while filing taxes declared a gross income of more than 1 crore this is gross not even taxable hmm. so obviously people who have uh, you know an income of more than taxable income of more than 3 uh, 2 crore will be even fewer uh, 50% of these people are salaried so they really don't you know you know they are sitting ducks basically right so you know so the the, the point is uh, you know the numbers are so few that i really don't know as to why uh you know this was done because you know you first expand the tax base it doesn't uh, have a significant impact on the overall collections what you're saying basically it but it will it will probably help them this year you know, add a few thousand crores but right. then you know if you look at the longer term this policy will hurt because of the simple fact that it will not help in expanding the tax base i mean you know just the idea, just the fact that india has only a, you know 81344 people uh, with an income of greater than a crore is in itself laughable right but it goes well with the middle class na that the riches have been taxed no no i know i know uh, so i am not trying to you know, yeah, but politically what to it's, it's political issue. rhetoric uh, yeah that's the problem that uh, the price of the economy uh, you, you fall for this kind of tamasha rhetoric is there anything on this i don't know but i think I think one uh, I saw one program on India today which uh, Nirmala Sitaraman was taking questions from business people and other professionals and all that who were invited and Rahul Kanwar was moderating it and it was really remarkable I mean full disclosure I was only watching it because my husband was on it mm. so I wanted to see what he would say and out of all the questions that were asked and I think it was over an hour a lot of people got an opportunity there were only two people who did not spend at least one minute or spend any time at all in sucking up to yeah, nirmala sitaraman i want to know why business people feel <laughs> that they have to start everything with a politician with a major major suck up and nirmala sitaraman is no idiot she's a smart she's a really smart woman and she was prepared for any kind of questioning and when they start with this Sucking one up. minute of of this sucking up your eyes would glaze over and it was almost like you know get on with it <laughs> but she was patient and sitting there and my question is that is not a small thing it's just sounds frivolous but if our business people feel the necessity to crawl in front of every politician that they see it shows a, a lack of self respect lack of confidence and only wanting to get a policy fixed for their business mm. they're not cii fiki should have should have been today in a position like american businessman dictating to the president or to our prime minister this is what our businesses need instead they're only in it for 
their own singular business and will approach these politicians to get special um, adjustment to policies, government policies to benefit them. And therefore, to start with this kind of speech of you're so wonderful, you're so great and you've done wonderful things and this and that, it's so embarrassing and demeaning that it da- it's actually damaging. I, I agree with you, uh, although we have experienced it firsthand. I wrote about it and I was ticked off also. I, You know that we had that interview series where Mr. Modi and Mr. Gandhi both were supposed to come and both then finally backed out. But the invitations had gone out and Madhu was supposed to do a series of interviews where both Rahul Gandhi and Modi were supposed to be there. This was in 2014. And I remember the amount of... And we had sent out invites. The amount of you know calls and requests I got from people who one should not be, I mean, they should not even know oh, who the fuck I am. Oh, that was embarrassing. They should be like, Mere le chai lana. I should be the chaprasi. Saying, yeah, yeah, can you just get me two seats in the front row where, you know, where Mr. Modi is going to come in and go out from? Uh, like, they were big, me and, you know, my, my phone sit there. Who's going to there. receive him? One Who's going to receive be, him? We want to carry bouquets. One guy want, insisted that he wanted to receive him. Who's holding the bouquet? Was, like, I was what? like, yeah, I was What's like, our event isn't like run that. Run your business. They will come, he'll sit, Madhu will have an interview and he'll go. And you go. could see that Nirmala Sitaraman, you, she's losing respect for these kind of people. She's yeah. not taken in by this at all. She doesn't need so even need it. And I, I wrote about that in the piece that I wrote. And of course, I got a call from the, the body, the industry body saying that, why are you being so disrespectful about our people? And I was like... Of course you'll be disrespectful. Said, tell you them respect not, yourself first. Tell them not to call me and beg me to give them a seat in the path of the Gandhi and Modi. So the only so two people... I was like, dude, like what the fuck? But, but, no, but, but so Hari Bhartia hmm. asked a question without any sucking up, went straight to the question about how uh, Indian business, pharmaceutical companies and the government should collaborate in doing research to create generic drugs for India. And it was a very good proposition that he detailed. And um, my husband, Naresh, also went into issues such as the uh, pricing of things with CGHS not paying the hospitals, mm. although although the can, can continue, uh, they continue to take the patients, but they never paid for it and all that, so it's creating problems. And so there were real issues, and she took note of it and everything. And all the others were spending like two minutes just saying, you're so great, you're so great. Dr. Reddy's daughter, who runs Apollo, all she talked about, I mean, she's running a hospital. All she talked about was interest rates and money. Hmm. So, yes, you were saying, Vivek? Ha, so, basically, you know, on the budget day, I was on TV. Hmm. And so, after the budget, obviously, and I mean, this was basically a joke uh, going around. And, and the anchor asked me, how much would you, so, uh, you know, give it on a, you know, how much would you give it on 10? Hmm. So, so, I, so, basically, I told her that, you know, you should, this is a question you should ask Uday Kotak who, you know, has specialized in this over the years and he would definitely give it a nine and a half out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In fact, uh, I don't know, I was watching some discussion on a panel a few days ago and one of the panelists said uh, he was, no, in fact, it was a guy who heads a fund. It was an NDTV, a young guy, some mystery fund or I don't know what. He says if you ask, and he was being a little candid on this entire taxation that Vivek also spoke about. He said, if you ask any industrialist off camera, uh, they'll tell you how terrible the budget is. So, I don't know, one of the panelists who was the, they have this BJP voice saying, what do you mean off camera? But on the camera, everyone is appreciating it. So, so I was like, but you know, I'm just it's saying. Okay, IQ. No, but you know, I'm saying, I, I still find it cringe inducing, but I can understand it because in India, 
for all our opening up and you know private enterprise the government can shut your business down as easily as they can fucking pass wind Yeah. coming back to both the points mm. it's uh, uh, you see yes a state is is it uh, is still seen as the uh, enabling entity for any kind of business and it is not only from top if you see at district level and uh, all these marwari businessmen they have this the first immediate need they have is to keep the district magistrate in good humor and when a new district magistrate comes in the district all these businessmen in the district line up line up to welcome him so at the very uh, basic unit of administration mm-hmm. at the district yeah, yeah. level mm-hmm. you can see that despite all this uh, talk of uh, liberalization right. state is still the enabling agency for But all kind of practical b- issue or is it a colonial hangover no means uh, the kind of economy we had uh, we may called it a mixed economy with both socialist and capitalist uh, uh, practices running parallel to each other but it is tilted still in the government yeah, it's, it's state enabled yeah. capitalism I mean, for example if you want to run a restaurant in in delhi and delhi is still one of the easier places because a, it's a capital you can get um, you know media coverage in case but anyone who runs a restaurant tell you from excise the kind of problems they have there's regular bribery that has to happen permissions water treatment plants 23 I mean, permissions i think the, the water treatment plants they can come and mahesh sharma's book hmm. you remember mahesh yeah, sharma's restart. book hmm. where he's listed something like 120 permissions you have to get for also to open so, a business yeah. so it's so from the panwala to even if you're you know seeking fdi and stuff at every stage it's just too much on on the on budget note i have one email from a subscriber so i just like to read that out and it's a very very good I love emails like this from our subscribers because they don't just write to us and say oye oye librandu they actually give they pay low good gyan which we also learn from sorry my family show my like family show sorry sorry bachcho jao go out, go out, say ring some fire alarms and make make vivek run out of his building again ye ye show mat suno so this is from edgar theodore i think that's how he pronounces his name Hello news laundry team in news laundry hafta number 231 Manish said a single line for which i thank her on the 10% custom duty on newsprint in the budget by the government times of india also had an article and he's given the link below context i am the director of operations in a printing company in dubai one of our departments prints newspapers on demand so while i might not know about the indian industry i know a little about printing print costing much of the direct cost producing anything in the printing industry lies in the cost of paper In some cases paper contributes to 70 to 80% of the direct cost remember this statistic with news consumption and digital increasing printed newspaper numbers are dropping india is not immune to this nonetheless india still has some decent printing numbers nowhere close to numbers in the past though the number of people who depend on direct and indirect employ- employment by these newspapers publishers is massive newsprint paper is not a type of paper that is readily manufactured in india India is a hub of manufacturing wood-free paper, the paper used for school books, but not for newsprint. So most of this newsprint paper is imported. So make a wild guess of what is going to happen to the direct costs when you add 10% duty. The, ramaf- the ramification will be nothing less than catastrophic. Traditional news publishers will more or less be looking at closure. Printing houses work on wafer-thin margins and a couple of percent here or there can destroy printing companies. 10% is suicide. This decision is like asking an accident victim who is bleeding to donate blood for saving other lives. It's just going to precipitate the onset 
of death faster for no real revenue benefit so my question is did it finished yes my question is did any of the news organizations protest this this tax no because they are already so shit scared today, today one uh, rajya sabha mp and i think is md of some uh, uh, media group he has spoken against it they yeah, but news papers and news organizations ah, they're too scared didn't. they're too scared no one times of india published a piece ins urges government to withdraw 10% custom duty on newsprint <laughs> but, uh, but so basically edgar thank you so really much INS. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> none of us would have actually given this kind of a view that you have given a, that you you input. run in uh, you you work in an organization that kind of is to do with paper the first thing that flashes in my mind is the office but i'm sure your place of work is happier than the office uh, but yeah thank you so much for that uh, very very eye opening uh, bit of uh, whatever analysis on newsprint yeah vivek about that does this impact your column space or your books uh, <laughs> i mean books to one doesn't make uh, any money out of so that's hardly a concern <laughs> and uh, newspapers to be very honest i mean i don't write for many newspapers simply because uh, websites tend to pay a lot better hmm. and uh, newspapers still have this hangover ki you know we are hum tumko jagah de rahe hain to hmm. yeah so that hangover still exists yeah in some not all i mean i wouldn't say all of them have that hangover but some of them uh, basically still do i wanted to make a slightly tangent you know about these high tax rates right so i was just uh, you know one of the documents that i sort of keep uh, going back to is the budget speech of 1974 75 okay hmm. and uh, this was uh, the finance minister was mr yashwant rao sawan and in that i mean and i'm paraphrasing here he says something like that uh, you know high tax rates are uh, basically leading to a black economy uh, and hence we are we are sort of uh, bringing down the highest rate from 97.75% wow. to 75% okay hmm. so uh, now the point i wanted to make was that you know high tax rates obviously led uh, you know led to india's black economy now one of the repercussions of that was that you know an average indian ended up hating anyone who sort of had made a little money in life okay and obviously you know once upon a time you know the you know an average rich indian guy had a lot of black money because that was the only way to survive uh, in business hmm. now that sort of uh, stereotype has uh, you know uh has has uh, withstood the test of time to a large extent and even now when when the government does something which hurts the rich uh the the middle class and you know the other others tend to like it it's got which embedded why... into our psyche just like demonetization ha yes, ameer logo yes, yes, are yes, sir so hame to bada problem hua lekin ameeron ki vaat lag gayi in logo ki vaat lag gayi halanki lagi nahi lekin wo that was the rhetoric ha uh-huh. and so along similar lines you know this high tax rate uh, you know so the justification is this you know this it sort of goes down well with everyone other than the rich so like the other day someone tweeted to me that you know what is the problem the government is taking away only 3 out of 7 rupees that the rich are earning but what about the guy who is on the border what if he refuses Hmm. to sort of defend the country and so you know so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the logic yeah that that in fact why i asked tavleen write a piece on this is because i remember her big concern during the janlokpal movement was that these people are communists they are creating a they are heading towards a class war 
because they do everything rich versus poor rich versus poor whereas every speech of modi is rich versus poor but somehow i don't hear a peep out of her on that that did he's perpetuating the ultimate class war but anyway i'd like to move on to the cctv installation i'll just give a context to the panel and i'd like to start off with anand your views and then raman sir and then madhu the delhi government has installed cctvs in all schools and they say this to ensure safety of the school going children the delhi and these cctvs will be in 1029 schools across the national capital now and of course and you know parents can monitor it they can get access to it it will be the administration the school administration will have it so this has been panned by many people that we are going to be a generation will be coming up who are used to being surveilled so surveillance will be normal for them what kind of a school is this that you're watching the kids all the time in classrooms um whereas there's another school of thought that says at least they are secure and they are safe so this led to a debate more than just the cctvs in schools it it led to is this surveillance so i'd like to hear your thoughts anand and then we can go around the panel i mean are you on one side or the other or neither okay. or as usual no, you're saying we are going to die and go to hell so fuck everything just hey, fuck stop it stop saying that stop it <laughs> so prejudiced i don't have any strong opinion about it but uh, since i am not a privacy absolutist i don't believe in privacy as an absolute right because anything that is vague cannot be absolute and privacy is a vague entitlement and the basic vagueness of it uh, makes it I- ineligible for absolute entitlement so uh, you're telling us you're not an intellectual sorry that's hmm? terribly intellectual no no what i'm saying that it's seriously it's, intellectual no hmm. it's good no appreciate it i think it was fairly simple what i said okay all right yeah so uh, yes so a second uh, thing is that uh, all this uh, talk of say uh, students being monitored by parents or even school staff i think it's a novelty but uh, you see a lot of school work of the present delhi government has won it acclaim but it has been criticized also even its uh, examination pass percentage has been scrutinized because of the different measures that they took to show mm. that anyway that's a different but what i am saying is that you what uh, kids cannot avoid is that i i is the primary sense in of our age a lot of things would be under visual scrutiny in the times we are living in mm. so you go to a f- social function you, you don't know but there is a videography going on mm. and a lot of things so i think that a classroom is a social setting and to videograph that and considering that i is the primary sense of the times we are living in is not a very say very unreasonable unusual or very uh, these are the things that they will deal with in t- more and more uh, it is increasing mm. and uh, in every social setting the primary sense that they would be exposed to is i mm. so if scrutinizing of them of course uh, the kids who are poking their noses would be embarrassed but <laughs> but it's not uh, it's so, not reality show that anyone's watching what do you think sir amanzar yeah. i have a hill house and it is usually locked so i had a theft about uh, two months ago and uh, the first thing that the police told me ki sir cctv camera laga do to maine kaha yahan to wifi to hai nahi to cctv camera ka kya fayda kehta nahi sir recording wo dikhane ke liye kafi hai 
when someone so the sees the camera hmm. it carries a connotation a negative connotation ye choro ke liye theek hai cctv security ke liye ghar ke baahar lagate hain andar bedroom mein nahi lagate so this is the mindset hmm. that we people have about the cctv so i think i personally feel there is a relationship between the teacher and uh, you know students students in most of the cases in 90% of the cases they must be truant students as well as bad teachers you know in 10% of mm. the cases so i think that uh, it is as good as placing your cctv camera in a in a bedroom so i don't think uh, it should be there inside the classroom mm. it should be outside the classroom it is for the security of the children it is not for uh, monitoring the teachers uh you know behavior or the students behavior so i don't think uh, i i don't recommend uh, okay you're not for it uh, vivek uh, what do you think it. but before you come in i just like to say uh, this is the bbc podcast world podcast and the only indian story that made it yesterday's to bbc world podcast was not about rains or what happened in goa what happened in karnataka it was that adityanath's up has a new rule that when a teacher in the government school goes every day they have to click selfie. a selfie of them and then send it so that to prove that they are in class Anyway, what is your view? You'll find it. You got it with that also. Can you also like you? Usko, then we will post it. You just can't code it. Ah. No, so, so this selfie thing is not exclusive to UP. It has happened in other states before. Hmm. So, because I remember reading about it, I think it was in Andhra Pradesh or somewhere. They were doing this uh, experiment, and this was one thing that happened. Hmm. No, so I see. I I really, you know, ab- about uh, there being CCTV cameras in school. I really don't know. So you know, I don't have kids, but I have friends who have kids, and uh, in fact, all of them. So this is something that I came to know recently, and I was very surprised that you know when. Uh, so obviously, you know, the school bus comes and picks up the kid. and takes him or her to school and when the kids reach the school the parents apparently get an sms that mm. you know the kid is reached or you know something like that so and the parents love it you know the fact that the information yeah. has reached that uh, you know the kid is in school now so a cctv is just another you know it's another level to that so mm. uh, i don't know i mean i think as far as you know the fact that people are so concerned about the safety of the kids I think uh, it would go down very well with the parents, parents. whose mm. kids ultimately study. Individually, right. I really don't have a view on this, Abhinandan. So, Madhu, you you have been a parent and a naughty child and a teacher to us. What is your view? I'm totally in favor of it. Hmm. I think um, I don't see. I think one for the security of the children, hmm. and certainly the teachers should feel observed. I like the idea that they feel that they're being observed. They shouldn't have that much power alone in a room with a bunch of kids to say and do whatever they like. The kind of things that I've heard teachers say while passing by a classroom window is abominably shocking. Hmm. Okay, once I was passing through a passer window in modern school and a teacher was shouting at a kid, "Tera father ENT specialist hai, tere ko dikhta bhi nahi hai." Okay mm. then another time when the principal of the school uh, somebody had written his name was Dr Waria Mr Waria and he had written Mr Waria ko Mr Waria F so Mr <laughs> Mr Waria arrived and he was screaming the F word to the whole classroom Mm. Okay then as a parent also of a child who was eaten who was beaten mm. by a drumstick on her back which left a, a mark and then the school's response was like 
you know, either withdraw your complaint or the teachers will go on strike. So I think definitely I do think that it is a wonderful thing to have to and the kids I think they're being they know they're being watched by the teacher. Hmm. So if the camera is also watching them, it's okay. I don't think there's yeah. anything wrong with it and it, it only enhances their security mm. and and uh, safety and I think it'll get the teachers to perhaps behave a little better and stop all see these incidents that are happening. Exa- that's in, in fact I was coming to that I think the context one has to understand is happening in just in the last 3 4 years there was Ryan International School the child who was murdered. Kill. Yeah. There've been cases of you know children being molested and and inappropriately touched. I think in that context, I think there's a fantastic idea, and it's a school, it's a classroom, so it's. I don't think it's. It's a public space. Your, it's not your bedroom. So I, I'm, uh, but the, but I think the most unique criticism of CCD installation was Times Now. They figured that how do we go after up this time? Ye Chinese cameras hai, Chinese company hai. This is an Indian company. It has a <laughs> collaboration with a Chinese company. This compromise all our safety. Ye China kya. Aapne kiya national security parvar. And then the guy is saying, yeah, we are registered in India. We are a Noida-based plant. Our plant is in India. Our technology is from there. We, there are no chips that are transmitting it there. Stop ruining my and, story with facts. And, and I was like, dude, like, are you going to go at Kohli? That why do you have Oppo as the... Although I do think it's quite sad that the Indian team doesn't have an Indian company as the primary sponsor and it's a Chinese company. But I'm like, dude, kuch bhi yaar. It's gone to a level that Chinese cameras, seriously... <laughs> For that matter, all setup boxes are from China. Tata Sky, all. all. Uh, they may have. <laughs> For that matter, we shouldn't even be using electricity because <laughs> you know a lot of electric plants, the yeah. machinery is imported from China. So. <laughs> no, here uh, huh. this uh, most of the incidents that have happened, mm. they have happened outside the classroom, mm-hmm. not inside the classroom. But sir, Whether that can also have CCTV cameras in the corridors. Also, huh. see the thing is, so the corridor that I'm is really fine. concerned about the teacher's behavior. I also had to go in no, once when. I my older think, daughter was slapped by a teacher. I think 10 out of and 100 teachers may be bad, but 90 are bad. But, I, mm. but when for, I, for you cannot but punish 90 teachers. No, but when I was, to, one slap is enough. So when I was talking to her and I said, why did you slap her? And you laugh about this, Niku, mm. because you know me from that time mm. uh, when I was not as calm as I am now. Mm. And, she's, and I was dealing with her as a parent. You've got to be calm, right? So I'm dealing with her, dealing with her. And she says, you might be a very calm person, but I am not. So I said, my family wouldn't agree. I'm making myself calm to deal with you because you've done something which is unacceptable. I was so scared, But the only my life tragedy was that when I was going to go home, I said, Mom, I'm scared. She said, I'm scared. But also the issue is uh, whether the private schools are going to have it. I think they probably the already do. In the, inside the classroom? Yeah, I'm no. sure they do. No, no they don't. No. Anyway. anyway I, so I'm just going to go over a few other headlines which we haven't and we can discuss two of those before we wind up for the day. So a lot more things happened in the last week. There was a Lok Sabha discussion on railways privatization which carried on till 11.58 and the minister was very proud that so late it went in. And then I, I saw a bite of, of Piyush Goyal saying that there's no plan to privatize railway. And on the same day, I read an article in the newspaper saying that the first private railway line train has started. So I don't know who to believe. I don't know what's happening. Maybe Vivek can, you know, just clarify that for us. Then this I actually want to talk about. BCCI writes to the ICC after the anti-India banners fly above Leeds during the India-Sri Lanka match. So those of you who don't know, UK has this tradition of this little planes carry this banner at the back. and if Commercial it's evening, messages. Commercial messages. So... Some of the messages that went were India stop genocide, free Kashmir, help end mob lynching. There was justice for Kashmir and then there was also justice for Balochistan. So that was during the Pakistan match. 
um so it was i think it was it, this was used in india sri lanka match which one the yeah. double the the balochistan was in the pakistan match but the kashmir mm-hmm. was in the india match so um, i want to know who's paying for them ne, they, there's they, a lot they, of money who's paying for this of I course i think it's fairly cheap no but somebody's paying for it who's paying for it pakistan so no balochistan of course that, but the balloon that went was uh, in india's last league match there was against, a balloon uh, also against sri lanka yes a balloon acha okay. what 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 plane acha it is a plane acha yeah so bcci writing to icc i'm just wondering does it make us look a little foolish cuz what can the icc do they can't i mean they, they, the skies are not theirs bcci yeah. should be right to the civil aviation ministry of uk right. saying that they wrote please to the wrong they wrote change the your laws that you can't so like what are they supposed to do i'm i'm i wonder at they you know, send you messages they should complain to the uh, british home ministry or something yeah anyone has any views on this and and even if the bcci if the icc could stop it should they thought experiment raman sir vivek anand anyone i think icc would not uh, be in their jurisdiction to mm. take any action on that but it can uh, approach uh, the british government but again it's difficult because there is uh, britain is uh, all this um, what can be a very ideal kind of uh, uh, ground for all this kind of political activism uh, so even more than even more than us you see they have been the ideal political asylum for many dissenters and uh, the international community uh, um, and many aggrieved communities whether right or not means that can be a national perspective on that but britain has been host to lot of uh, aggrieved global communities uh, mm. like more than us and uh, even uh, it has been uh, an ideal place to go for all the dissenting authors writers and uh, so uh, i think uh, but bcci once uh, got its uh, appeal turned down when it uh, asked for dhoni's and that is, yeah yeah the uh, yeah. major the army gloves or something uh, it mm. it was the second thing that they have appealed it, for bcci is, st- is it still being run by vinod rai yes yes no um, wonder the, the supreme court appointed uh, yeah. committee committee of administrators so ka- now vinod rai is stuck for life like will he ever go he said this is my retirement plan matlab he has been appointed by supreme court so bhai kab kab bhi to hoga na koi retirement age mein ji ab aap jaake thoda matlab pranayam kijiye shwas andar bahar kijiye next year they are going to hold yeah, elections yeah, I, uh, and the man replacing him is also a very old world war horse in bcci i think he would be replacing him oh, he, may, he may not be amitabh choudhury oh, yes. the former ips officer who got into cricket politics hmm. and i see you have a view on this vivek about this bcc writing and even if the icc could stop it should they stop it i mean you know uh, what can the icc really do i mean other than probably ensuring that the message does not sort of go on to the tv screen hmm. but that will also be i mean how do you control something like this so yeah anyway so bcc see, these are things you know i mean small things which really do not need our time and attention i mean there are bigger problems <laughs> <laughs> are you talking about the hafta panel the match are you talking about hafta panel or bcci no 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 no, no. i'm talking about the bcci Achha, I mean, 
Right. I'm talking about you know even if you you know if you look at uh, the problems within BCCI, I mean there are so many. Let them first sort that out. So right, I have a couple of mails. After that, I'll be coming back to whether the railways are being privatized or not, and why or why not. And uh, the CBI raids on Indra Jaising and Anand Grover. I will give you a little background on that when we return. But first, this email is from Manjri Jha. Hi, Team News Laundry. Great work and content. Ground reports are great. Podcasts and newsense, fun and informative. Informative. How do you pronounce that, Madhu? Informative. 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 I had a couple of comments on Hafta 231. Anand clarified that he had given an explanation, not his opinion on the events at the swearing-in ceremony. I get that. But given that the Hafta is positioned as a freewheeling discussion with lots of opinion, maybe he can be more clear on what his opinion actually are or if he doesn't have any on the topic. With the number of people ready to air their opinions, the default setting is to expect one. <laughs> Anand mentioned that Zaira Wasim had previously alleged she was assaulted and that turned out to be false. Others on the panel then agreed. Is that actually true? All I read online was that she had posted a video showing a man's foot reaching between the seats from behind her and the man had said he was sleeping without malicious intent. I don't think that translates to this being a false accusation. I could be missing facts since I don't live in India. But please try and clarify on insinuations made in general on the Hafta so we can figure out what is fun Hafta gossip versus indisputable journalistic fact. Also curious, do you have any idea why some of the subscribers do not want to be named? Can there be a contractual clause stopping them or what? Keep up the good work. Manjri. Thank you, Manjri, for your support, for your subscription, because when people like Manjri pay, the news serves the public. Otherwise, it only serves those who advertise, even though many of our payments are sometimes late. But never mind. Thank you, Manjri. I just have uh, two things to say. One is, I don't know, I wasn't here when this Zahira, Zahira Wasim was discussed, but why some of our subscribers don't want to be named, I can tell you, because I know who they are. Some of them are serving army officers, so they don't want to be named because I don't think they are supposed to comment politically. So some of the people who write in are actually lawyers who practice in the courts. They don't want to be named because it would get in the way of their work. And I know at least four of those who write regularly mails to us are journalists, serving journalists. And uh, if they organizations got to know that they were paying to keep news free, they would be fired. <laughs> so that's, those are three reasons, those are the three kind of people who I know don't want to be named. As far as Zaira is concerned, I remember this case. Uh, she had accused a man of touching her inappropriately. Later, nothing happened to it because it, it did appear that he was sleeping. Now, I don't know whether it was malicious intent that she lied or she was mistaken that she started crying, but she was like 16 or something or 17 in a and flight. See, uh, she didn't pursue the case. Yeah, so it, she didn't pursue the case. It literally died out. And, it was, uh, and, and this, I don't think this is an absolute untrue or truth. I can tell you the, the truth is that she did not pursue the case. The truth is the man, there was no action was taken against him. And the truth is that she did accuse him. But keeping all the facts in mind, it did appear to me that she had overreacted uh, in a flight. But at that time, I also remember I, uh, I, I had observed that she's what, 15 or 16. So, you know, and overexposed with this super hit film. So I guess the rest Anand can answer on his own. Why don't you give your view as opposed to explaining the person's view? No, I think it's also important to analyze things as historical processes. So I, some views I also give. Hmm. My view on that is particularly, if you want, is that uh, I think constitutional patriotism, what Habermas said, the constitutional patriotism, adherence to certain constitutional political values. So uh, in a complex society that in India, for some sections of people, that is not where it ends because constitutional patriotism does not explain why the patriotism should end at the border of India. 
So again, the question of nationalism comes because constitutions don't explain the territoriality of a cultural feeling or a cultural identity. So these things surface. Whether they are desirable or not is, an, is a matter of opinion. That, that is what I was trying to explain. I see. Since we have Vivek here, Vivek, uh, this is referring to the scenes mm. when swearing and happened and there was Jai Shri Ram being shouted when swearing was happening. So many of our subscribers thought that it was downright intimidation that they were trying to do whenever a Muslim MP would try to take oath or someone who did not want to chant Jai Shri Ram or, or did, uh, and it was not very, you know, in good taste that this should happen in the parliament. Do you have any views on that? I mean, obviously, it's not in good taste. I mean, there is no, I mean, I don't see it in any other way. So I see. Okay. So um, now tell us about the railway privatization. What are the mm. benefits of it? And what what do you know? Why are we getting these conflicting signals? Hai, no, hai, no, I think this is just one train. Okay. Which is the Tejas Express between Delhi and Lucknow. And they're trying to do some sort of an experiment and see whether it sort of works or not. So what does so, it mean? when That means the... Because see, the catering is privatized anyway. It's it's contracted out. So when you say privatized, is the is that track owned privately by a person and we no, have no, to pay no, him? What does it mean? What does railway the, privatization mean? No, no. So it just basically means that the that particular train will sort of be given out on a contract to a private party to run. That's about it. So, so that means the maintenance of that train, the the all the staff, the TT. The bathroom cleaning, all that will be done by private yeah. enterprise. That's it, right? That yeah. train so, is still owned by the government of India. See, this yes, is... obviously. So, basically what they're doing is that they're essentially transferring the custody of the train to IRCTC. Okay. And then I think the IRCTC will sort of put out a contract and, and then, you know, some parties will come in. And I mean, so I it's see. a, you know, this process will take so, time. I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit like airports. You run the airport it's, for... A, it's a bit like, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's it's pretty much like that. Yes, you okay. could say that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, no, no. Uh, railway had been trying for the FDI hmm. for the past 10-15 years. Hmm. And not a single penny has come because railway requires a lot of money for the infrastructure. So, the private players, at least at the international level, they are not so much interested. So, so now, now they are... the Now, the government is building up the infrastructure, but the private, uh, now they are just leasing out to the private uh, parties. I see. They are not spending any penny on this. Okay, now one more bit of bizarreness that happened. While it belonged in the entertainment section uh, of, of what we call news with Kangana Ranawat, I wanted to discuss it here because it happened the same week that Member of Parliament Giriraj Singh, who, he was the guy who went against, uh, who, who won against um, Kanaya. Kanaya. Okay, I disagree with you, Anand. Anyone would be better than Giriraj. Even like the most foolish and idiotic person I've met in my life would be better than Giriraj. So I, I'm, I'm sad that Kanaya lost to him. Because every two weeks, Giriraj says something so idiotic that I'm amazed that why we have people like him in parliament. This time he has said that there should be no more than two children and anyone who has more than two children should not be allowed to vote, which is what Baba Ramdev also said. And what he else said was that Shabana Azmi is very vocal in her views on social media. He says she's a new leader of the Tukre Tukre and Award Wapsi gang and the same Award Wapsi Tukre Tukre. This is very similar to what Kangana Ranawat said when a journalist disagreed with her. And she did this rant that all of you are anti-national because they have opposed her and all of you are Tukre Tukre. I mean, she's got, took it into a different zone. I think because the media 
and by media I'm talking about channels like Z, India TV, Republic, Times Now have kind of created this environment where you can turn your enemy into an enemy of the state whether you are the PM, an MP, an MLA just a Twitter user who likes to abuse Muslims or a star who has nothing to do with anything so how much is the media to blame in what she is clearly doing and I think she's successful in what she's doing and how similar is what she's doing to what Giriraj is doing. That this one is Tukre Tukre Gang, this is a Ward Wapsi Gang. We are people sitting on panels and talking nonsense like this which have nothing to do with anything. Just grab a person. And this is where I wanted to come in and say that when I was in Kigali, the capital of Rwanda, I highly recommend everyone listen to this, read and watch everything you can about Rwanda because it happened so recently, just 25 years ago. There was like a million people were killed there in the most disgusting ways and this was not... As opposed to Nom Pnem, how do you pronounce that? that Nom Pnem, Cambodia, where it was like the army who did it. These are regular people like you and me who decide to start killing each other uh, because of disagreement and the Hutu and Tutsis. Not because of disagreement, it was a clan thing. Clan thing, so yeah, but I mean, yeah, so it could be race, religion, clan. So it started off for two years before that with the media kind of saying that anyone who says this is against the state of Rwanda, anyone who behaves like this is against the state of Rwanda. There was one killing, then there were two, then there were six. It start, It didn't start off with the genocide the way we know it now. And the way the media kind of termed these people cockroaches, they're pests, they're termites. And I was reading that at the memorial and I was just saying, my God, this is what Arnab said the other day. This is what Raghav, Rahul Shankar says every day. This is what Amit Shah said the other day. This is how it was justified when eight people were killed. Now, maybe they were not killed for the first time. But this is the first time a justification has happened that that mob violence is okay. Mm-hmm. And I find the entire, I think, rather unintelligent response to any, whenever the word Nazi is used, these people don't know what Nazism is. You didn't start off at 100 kilometers per hour. You started off at 20. We may not be at 100 right now, but you could very well be. We are at 20. And on that, I have indisputable fact. And hopefully we will be hosting a session on this next media rumble because I have spoken to some of those people there who actually lived through that. And there are video and audio recordings of journalists who at the time were towing this line and the kind of things that they said. Mm -hmm. And now they talk about why they said it and what they feel. And I think it'd be very interesting montage to put what they were saying with what journalists. And I think we should no longer be shy of saying it. So some of the things that are said are so similar to what was said back then. And uh, yeah, I I just want to know from the panel that is this the new normal? If I can just position anyone against me as an enemy of the state, whether I'm an actor, a politician, an MLA or a Twitter user, will that fly? I saw Kangana's conversation with the journalist. Did you see her Twitter? Yes, yeah. I I think she's been affected deeply by nouveau fame and is not... By what? By nouveau fame. By newly found fame, mm. a little too excited with herself. I, I've always admired her work and her strength and her standing up for herself when required. But I think there is a level of also being unhinged. So if somebody criticizes your film, that's part of the game. It's part of being in the public eye. You will be as a politician or as an actor or as any public figure, you will be criticized. So she, I think, should be now mature enough to take it in her stride. I don't think you have to react or respond to every single person who gives you a bad review. So I think her conversation with him was uh, really uncalled for. What intrigued me were one or two points that she said you had lunch with me in my van <laughs> for three hours and then you texted me afterwards. And she, he said I, had, I was with you for half an hour. I, I didn't have lunch. You. 
and and show me the text and please show me the text so that again borders on she's making claims mm-hmm. which are not which don't ring true so that is a little scary i think she's kind of isolated mm-hmm. so she's taken up this war against this patriarchal nepotism and which I think was a great thing for her to do, but then it shouldn't be a lifetime goal. She's a very talented act- actress. She's a fantastic actor. I don't know. She's about done that. some amazing films. My favorite one of hers was not Queen. It was Revolver Rani. I mm. think she's magic in that. My favorite is Tanu versus uh, Tanu I love Vets, that one also. She's my national level athletics too. That was the, yeah, that was part two. Yeah, I think that she, was the best role she's ever done. Yeah, and she and the way she transforms herself for every role is fantastic. There's no question. There's amazing amazing talent but then there's also Ali Abhat who has amazing talent mm. and she does not shoot her mouth off every time somebody puts her down and she's also had her share of criticism yeah, she she's been called mm. stupid mm. and she dealt with it in with um, humor um, uh, with humor and in fact she did a brilliant brilliant skit that she did for the India Today conclave in Mumbai in which she choreographed and wrote herself a conversation with her father. And only she could have written it because only she knows her conversations with her father from childhood. And she brought up the fact, also the conversation that she had with her father when she was being called stupid. So she dealt with it. It's not like she went and hid or was quiet. She fought back. Or said that you're anti-national. And she fought back in an in an elegant, fun way, which people related to and then were responsive to her. So I think there are many ways that Kangana could have handled it. And I think that she's really making a lot of missteps, which I feel sad for her. Anand, sir? No. You see, when Kangana Ranawat was once uh, the poster girl of the anti-establishment in Bollywood, uh, the establishment of, say, nepotism Mm. or patriarchal order or something, then uh, she suddenly realized that after her affiliation to certain political forces that uh, she has been deprived of that plank. So those forces, the feminist forces or say the romanticism of uh, anti-establishment was gone. Mm. Now she has been now pushed into a corner where where she is seen as an establishment figure yeah, in the pol- in the invited in, to the swearing in mm. in the political space. Mm. Uh, so um, that is a kind of identity crisis she is in. So in the Bollywood, in a very subset of very small world, she is an anti-establishment figure. But in the larger world, she is seen as an establishment figure. She, she is, I think, unable to resolve this crisis. And that uh, is expressed in the ways he is uh, dealing uh, dealing with uh, hysterical ways or something. So, and, uh, so, yeah. Hmm. And also, again, it must be my. I'm, I do apologize. It must be my age, but I was really disconcerted with the footage where she's sitting on a stool with her skirt slit mm. all the way up her thigh with a black garter on it. And she's sticking her leg out with a gun. What can I video. So that I found extremely disconcerting that you're having a serious conversation, asking to be treated with dignity. Then you stick your leg out with a black garter on it. Give me a break. Old fashioned mother. Come on, get with the program. Yeah, no, I can't. I think I think it's it's disconcerting. You're looking at the leg. Like what's she doing with that leg? You know, it's not like it's being, okay, wear a short skirt. 
you don't notice it okay you see both the legs you don't notice it but you're wearing a long dress with a slit all the way up to your thigh and then you stick your leg through that slit Ek. and with a black garter on it it's a little too suggestive problem mujhe if chashme you want to be taken seriously chashme lag gaye upar se aajkal sab kuch phone pe dekhte hain to kuch dekhta dikhta hi nahi bas sunte hain ha that's why i like podcasts ha about the leg you think it was okay no i didn't see that oh gosh where are you guys ha vivek yeah No, I think uh, you know there is something a little more to it. Uh, you know, all these things happen when a movie of to release. So the last time all these controversies happened was when Mani Karnika was about to release. Now there is a movie called Judgmental Kya, hmm. which is about to release. So one has to take that into account as well. Uh, you know, the other interesting thing is uh, you know look at what has uh, happened to Kabir Singh. Now the more you know people have written against the movie, you know. you know everyone from feminists to intellectuals the more people have actually gone out and seen the movie it is by far the biggest hit of the year hmm. it's even bigger than uri so you know there is nothing like negative publicity in life and which is something i think kangana realizes and and then she's playing along those lines I whether see. it's right or wrong is obviously i mean you know we can have a long chat on that so. raman sir since yes. you're the only man who saw the leg out of all of us <laughs> no it's not it's not anand that i did not see it <laughs> it's not just that she showed yes, her, she was showing Listen. her legs she also commented on that see since i'm wearing this hmm. i cannot टॉक यू नो साधवी बातें तो तुम एक्सपेक्ट कर रहे हो मुझे कि मैं साधवी बातें करूं बड़ा सिर महोदय कहूं आपको भाई कहूं बहन कहूं तो कहते वो यहाँ पे इनफॉर्मल टॉक हो रही है इन दैट इनफॉर्मल टॉक आई स्पोक टू जस्टिन बिकॉज ही इज मिस बिहेविंग इन इज राइटिंग तीन साल पहले किया सी कि ये थोड़ी झल्ली जी है ये पगली जी है और ये बड़ी अटेंशन सीकिंग है Mm-hmm. I think she should speak like she naturally speaks like our Meghnad you know Meghnad has a strong regional accent mm-hmm. it sounds great yeah but just one thing on you know what Anand said I agree that some people were really taken in by her thing on what she said about it was brave at the time in bollywood to say what she did i mean although i have never been a fan of her utterances but i can see if someone thought that but i think if what you say changes then one's view of you will also change it's not like today if i'm saying you know that um, people like karan johar who come from privilege make you know trashy films and they want to perpetuate that cycle which is fine but tomorrow if i say tum sale aukat kya hai 40 rupaye mein tumhe khareed sakti hu 50 mein bech sakti hu tum uh, anti national ho tum ye then i'll react to what you say there i mean just because i appreciated what you said a year ago doesn't mean i have to appreciate what you're saying today that's that's all i'm saying if tomorrow you know amit shah comes and says ki bolo sachdane meethe bol bol i say wah wah so what if you used to eat gajar ka paratha you can still sing i will say that okay i have another email this is from sania aziz she says hi news laundry team i'm an on and off subscriber the reason for this is that i'm a recent graduate struggling to find employment i don't often have the money to support nl but whenever i do i make sure i subscribe sania you are uh, an example that we should 
actually have you as our brand ambassador someone who has just started earning and is not regularly employed but yet whenever you get money you subscribe thank you sanya all you other people who are earning well and getting muft ka news please learn from sanya you know you you can give money because when the public pays the public is served when address where address is served then she goes on to say i love listen to haftan while i may not always agree with anand vardhan i deeply admire and respect his knowledge as do we all sanya as do we all some great reports stories coming out from you guys i'm always looking for nuanced pieces over the noise that the great indian tv news has generated keep up the good work sanya and this one last email is from nikhil chanani Hi team my name is Nikhil and I'm a big fan of your content I'm a finance professional and I'm currently running an education technology startup of my own I come from a typical middle class family in Delhi I'm the son of two government school teachers and have a younger brother this mail is a thank you to all of you for the effort you put in making an honest and verified content I for one believe that fair information is a rare commodity these days but I do not blame the news channels running a business can be tough it is however no excuse for compromising the very essence of profession I being an entrepreneur myself understand how tough it is to sustain without a funding source I would like to contribute in some way to your cause being a private organizations i don't know if giving money to you is an option but i would like to assist you in helping out young college students to spread awareness about your channel anywhere after a long day of work watching your videos is a refresher maybe this is a long shot but if nothing else take this as a token of thanks best nikhil chanani nikhil you are truly a wonderful wonderful person i'm sure your entrepreneurial venture will touch great heights with your ethics and passion and good values although i hope that is enough to get you across though sometimes i wonder if it really is but what you can do is we will get in touch with you you can sponsor the subscription of maybe five or seven people like sanya students like you said who then can get access to content and our reporters can get access to resources so they can go do more ground reports thanks so much nikhil i really appreciate your offer and we will take you up on that uh producer karthik is making a note of what you said and we'll put you in touch with our business lead and he will get in touch with you so now let's wind up recommendations madhu so i have uh, two small editorials in the indian express to recommend one is about rahul gandhi celebrating his 10 million twitter followers in amethi called the enigma of arrival the second one is about the finance ministry blocking uh reporters from coming in is titled may we come in the other thing is a documentary that anyone can see it's not on netflix it's on the net it's called it's on topdocumentaryfilms.com it's a documentary called the hitch about uh, christopher hitchens the journalist who died uh from cancer but it's a documentary on him i don't agree with a lot of what he says and believes in particularly about the iraq war but it's a brilliant uh, documentary to watch in conceptual thinking in intellectual development in how he approaches journalistic stories how he speaks to the public how he makes an argument uh, he also has done i don't think it's i haven't finished watching it but i don't think they've included his debates with tony blair about god because he's an atheist mm-hmm. so all that the other one that i uh, really liked was an old piece which i came across on censorship in the new yorker by salman rushdi which is worth reading thank you madhu uh, vivek what are your recommendations for the week so i i i read a lot of crime fiction and uh, there is this norwegian uh, crime author called joe nesbo whose new book uh, called the knife i think it's releasing today i mean i'd gotten an advanced copy of it and i hmm. really loved reading it thanks vivek you can carry on appreciate it thank you look yeah. forward to your next piece yep okay thank bye you.
Anand sir, what are your recommendations? Okay, so since we began with cricket, I will end with cricket. Ending with two recommendations from cricket. First uh, is uh, um, I am recommending it for a different region. So and it was 70th birth anniversary of gauska so i i among the many things that we talk about him i am particularly in, impressed by something that we all feel we all particularly the failures feel and uh, failures as well as nobodies that uh, when we write who is going to read it or when we teach in classes if there are one or two students how to motivate yourself to teach to two people or to write something knowing that only few people will read so gauskar i think uh, very few successful and great people have anything to offer to nobodies and failures they don't have anything meaningful <laughs> to offer to them mm. but gauskar had one attribute which, which is relevant to even failures and nobodies mm. like uh, we complain that uh, like you were saying that your water conservation video was seen by 100 some mm. tubes so uh, david gover brought out something about gauske that even when he was world famous batsman when he batted in the remotest corners of england in county towns where few people on the boundary edges were just seeing him just 10 15 people and sipping their beer or something he would bat with same craftsmanship that he batted in a test cricket or in international game he would anybody who cared to watch he would offer him the same he he he, he uh, so he brought a certain degree of intensity to anything it, it was just him and his craft that if even if five people are watching and even not watching they are he would do the same mm. so if you are even nobody is watching i will not offer anything less than art very nice so hmm. so very well put i don't know read the piece something yeah, about so that so that was great thing about him and he uh, after dhyan chand and to an uh, to a degree uh, milkha singh he was the first post independence uh, gl- uh, global sports star our military world class in a resource crunch india he was not satisfied with anything less than world class so that was his so uh, and also uh, i am what i am recommending is something different about he, he he perhaps wrote the first autobiography by a sportsman in india that was a reflection of his 5 6 years only but that is sunny days in 1976 hmm. i remember when i was in school it was very popular this this book everyone used to carry it around pata nahi pad rahe the ki nahi lekin thi sabke paas so sunny days that, that is second piece is uh, the, the person with i have been most impressed in this world cup kane williamson the new zealand captain mm. and batsman yes. and uh, both his boys have very poised and uh, also the craft of his batsmanship as well as uh, leadership mm-hmm. so there is a piece in, in the cricket monthly which is a publication of espn Kane can so it's written by a new zealand journalist so do this raman sir what is your recommendation see patriot has done one story on the family uh, who is uh, relocating in canada they are they're fleeing from delhi uh, fleeing from the delhi toxic air so i had never heard before that i mean i know some people relocating in some part of the countries so they were also the doctor uh, they, their daughter has she's a very small uh, they have a small daughter 
a family hmm. they live in noida they are journalists and they were well settled and uh, they had a house of their own they had recently bought so the doctor has told the family that you have to relocate you have to go out of so the hills if they go to the hills they can't make money so they decided to go to so they started the process a year ago and now they are they, they are through with it so they are in august they are just going to canada they left their jobs they resigned from their jobs wow they are selling their house so it's a, it's a very good story that uh, well, patriot had done i'm aware of yeah, a couple of people who've left in fact my former we used to shoot high on a plate together mayur he's moved to goa ah. because of pollution i have he heard people kids. going to ha, goa so, so his children he mm. you know, was developing asthma his child so he's just moved to goa so yeah it's more difficult to make a living there but it's it's yeah, sad that's happening okay um my recommendation for the week is this episode from npr's planet money it's called stuck in china's panopticon It is really scary if you see what China is doing and being able to do and they are still seen as this the the template or the model that everybody else must emulate but the level of surveillance and uh, complete disregard to basic human rights that they have demonstrated in their gallop to world leadership is truly truly worrying and if that is what other countries think is worthy of emulating i think we're in deep trouble so i highly recommend uh, this piece it's a podcast so you don't have to strain your eyes uh, and the other thing i highly recommend is, is i just came across it you know again after a long time i had seen it before it's a documentary called it happened it's on youtube on how um, george forman became the world heavyweight champion at the age of 45 and i think it's i had quoted it as on a tweet when this other golfer had come back after a long time uh, tiger woods that it's the greatest comeback ever i'm like not even close there was muhammad ali and george forman i mean to come back in a sport like boxing where there are youngsters who can kill you basically on in court so yeah before i wind up and give you the song for the day which is truly spectacular today i would like to remind you to register for the media rumble i've been telling you this for many weeks so if the tickets run out don't say i didn't ask you to earlier We have speakers coming from across the world. We have the f- person who made Nobody Speak. It's on Netflix. Do check it out. The filmmaker who made that marvelous film on media freedom and media independence, really compelling watch. We have, you know, Jaggi, we have the CEO of Swaraj coming in conversation with another panel of, you know, different media professionals who think differently. The idea of the Media Rumble is a safe space where everybody can be heard and everybody can put their view across. I urge you to come and do the same it will be live interaction you can also ask questions at the end I'm not guaranteeing it but if you're one of the ones who's picked by the moderator you can and you can watch films and you can write in to us at contact@newslaundry.com at I repeat if you have any inputs to give like the many wonderful letters we got today write to us at contact@newslaundry.com at and in the subject line please write hafta if you have general abuse to leave you can leave it on my twitter timeline or preferably raman sir he handles these much better you can leave all the nice things on my twitter time- timeline and this podcast has been produced by kartik vijhavan and recorded by anil thank you gentlemen the song that we leave you with like i said is dedicated to all those vidhayaks and congress leader dk shivkumar whose image of standing outside talking on the phone while it was raining insisting on wanting to meet his mla so that he could manau them and take them back this goes out to all of you thank you for the entertainment tum hote jo dushman to koi baat hi kya thi tum hote jo dushman
तो कोई बात ही क्या थी अपनों को अपनों को मनाना है जरा देर लगेगी अपनों को मनाना है जरा देर लगेगी आखिर तुम्हें आना है जरा देर लगेगी आखिर तुम्हें आना है जरा देर लगेगी बारिश का बहाना है जरा देर लगेगी आखिर तुम्हें आना है News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.